0: Hey, it's Curious City producer Jason Mark, and on this week's episode, we're taking on a couple of questions about animals. Yeah, cicadas, sure. We've all heard the noise. It can feel like it never, ever stops. But one listener wants to know, are there actually more of them this year? And speaking of noise, goats... Chickens? Pigs?
1: I have 14 chickens and two goats at the moment, and you never know what
0: might come next. Can you really have livestock in Chicago? Like, as many animals as you want? Reporter Monica Eng tracks down the answer. All of that, coming up.
1: The noise is ear-splitting. It starts early in the morning, it goes until late at night, and it has gone on for months.
0: That's Curious City listener, Amy Felt, And she's got a situation.
1: It's just this constant sound that's just this backdrop, and it never changes. The pitch is the same, the sound is the same. If I go for a walk, I have to yell across the street to say hello to a friend. It's really, really loud, <laughs> and it never stopped.
0: Cicadas. I'm Curious City producer Jason Mark, and Amy feels like these cicadas that are driving her nuts seem louder than usual. And she wants to know, are they actually louder this year? Are there more of them this year? The answer to both her questions is... No, and that's according to Doug Taran, chief curator at the Peggy Art Nature Museum. He says there
3: aren't more cicadas this year,
0: but there are apparently more of them right outside of Amy's window.
3: The cicadas are at the moment singing around Chicago. The distribution is not uniform. There are places like right here at the Nature Museum where in the late afternoons, they are almost deafening. Uh, There are other places, um, my own neighborhood out in the suburbs. You can hear them, but they're not that loud. Amy
0: says that the streets around her home in Oak Park are lined with huge old trees, which Doug Tarrin says is perfect habitat for the type of cicada Amy's hearing.
3: The dog day cicadas really do like perching in trees, and that's where they will aggregate, that's where they will sing. They're looking for mates, and so uh, trees do figure in their ecology.
0: They're called Dog Days because they emerge in the Dog Days of Summer, late July through September, and they come out every year in the Chicago area. But why the cicadas prefer one neighborhood over another is baffling, even to Doug.
3: I know that here at the Nature Museum, they show up pretty routinely in large numbers year after year, so they seem to like the park-like environment of Lincoln Park here. My neighborhood out in the suburbs, we've had years would have been really loud, uh, years wouldn't have been less loud. This is not a super big year for them in my own neighborhood this year. The reasons for why they distribute themselves that way in any particular year can be complicated and unclear. They like roosting in trees. But beyond that, it can be really hard to predict exactly which neighborhood they're going to be in and which they're not.
0: And the sound Amy's hearing, they use their abdomens to create that noise.
3: So cicadas have a structure on their abdomens called timbals. And the way timbals work, you know, if you take like um, a pop can and you press it in and it pops back out, it'll make a little noise. Timbals work that way. They kind of contract and then expand out again with a click.
0: And that click is what you're hearing, but they're doing it very fast, hundreds of times a second to create that whining effect we hear. Sitting with Doug behind the Note of Art Nature Center with all the buzzing and the chirping around us, I asked him, what was it about these noisy little insects he loves so much?
3: There are more different kinds of cicadas around than most people are aware of. But there are big ones, there are little ones, the amount of uh, diversity in terms of what cicadas look like, what they sound like, where you find them, is, is really quite large.
0: And of course, he has a favorite.
3: There's a, a really beautiful little brown cicada. It's about half the size of the ones that we see at this time of year that you can find on prairies. And it's, it's always very special to go someplace. And oh, there's a cicada that you don't see every day.
0: To Doug Tarrant, the cicada song is music to his ears.
3: To Amy Affel,
0: not so much. But Amy only has to put up with them a bit longer.
3: They do tend to do it more in warmer weather. And they will taper off as the weather gets cooler.
0: In the meantime, she's learned to live with it, sort of.
1: (laughs) Really, it's just white noise to me at this point, but it's always there.
0: Up next we figure out whether you can have an unlimited number of goats or chickens or other livestock, for that matter, in your home in Chicago. Stay with us. When you're sitting in your backyard in the summer, you expect to hear the buzzing of cicadas. But what about the clucking of chickens? Or the bleeding of goats? In Chicago? Well, you might. If you live near Jeannie Cuff and her neighbor Sandy on the city's northwest side.
1: Oh, hello, I'm Sandy Laverini. I live in the Portage Park neighborhood. Uh, And what
2: I have in my backyard is a typical Chicago backyard where I have 14 chickens and two goats at the moment. And you never know what might come next.
0: Our beloved former reporter Monica Eng picks it up from here.
2: Sandy's got long gray hair and a warm smile. She takes us into her backyard. Hi girls, it's so muddy this here we meet cats, chickens, and goats. They roam around a series of pens, barns, and walkways, and generally don't make too much trouble. But there was that one night last summer when one of them made quite a racket. I'll let the two neighbors explain. Jeannie starts.
1: In July, one of the goats gave birth at three in the morning. And you saw someone was being killed outside. Because of this horrible screaming noise. Yes. <laughs> And I did just stand by
3: and watch, and it was astonishing, and it was amazing.
1: But also a little
2: baffling to her neighbor Jeannie. When we got back to Jeannie's house, she explained she'd never imagined she'd be woken by a screaming goat in Chicago. And this wasn't her first surprising livestock encounter in the city. Like her babysitter?
1: Had a 350-pound pig in her north center bungalow.
2: Yes, you heard that a 350-pound hog living smack dab on Chicago's north side. Now, Jeannie doesn't oppose a little backyard livestock as long as she can sleep through the night, but she does wonder,
1: in Chicago, Is there a limit on livestock? Is there a limit on pigs, or is there a limit on goats or chickens? Or That's what got me interested in it. Well,
2: Jeannie, the short answer is no. There's really no set limit on the number or even types of farm animals Chicagoans can keep. There are some codes against slaughtering them, dirty pens, and excessive noise. But here, that noise has to be loud, last more than 10 minutes. And it has to be witnessed by a city officer or sworn to by three irritated neighbors. See, in most surrounding suburbs, they've slapped down tough livestock bans and restrictions in the last decade. But in Chicago, you know, the town that was mythically burned down by a clumsy cow, those limits just don't exist. And Janie thinks that's pretty weird.
1: I work up in Vernon Hills, and everybody there lives out in the suburbs, and they're all shocked that I have chickens next door. I'm like, chickens? Chickens are nothing. I've got goats.
2: Which raises another question. Why would urban Chicago have looser livestock rules than its less urban suburbs? It seems like there are two main reasons. One is a matter of community identity. Martha Boyd is a big urban agriculture enthusiast. And she says a lot of suburbs that passed bans were trying to redefine their image. Like, we're not this rural place anymore. We're getting more sophisticated. And so the livestock is seen as sort of a throwback. And I think a lot of what's going on in more urban areas is people um, getting interested in livestock. Who are concerned about the food supply, concerned about the quality of their food, concerned about animal care, wanting to live sustainably. And over the years, those back to the um, yard types, they've become a force, a kind of chicken lover army. And that takes us to our second reason Chicago's livestock rules are so loose. The Chicagoland chicken enthusiasts, that's their actual name, they've become super well-organized and today make up this network of people on the listserv that's somewhere between six and 700 people right now. That's Boyd, the urban ag enthusiast again. And she's kind of the general in this chicken-loving army. So when lawmakers try to peck away at livestock liberties... Boyd sounds the call, and the group responds. Like, they they contact each other. If if somebody puts a word out, other people step up. I've been really impressed by the group. The chicken enthusiasts first spread their wings in 2007. That's when 18th Ward Alderman Lona Lane was pushing for a total chicken-keeping ban. She said the practice was dirty or worse. Here she is in the 2007 hearings. The stench and the smell from their feathers, their bodies, are creating... A lot of debris and a lot of havoc among neighbors. Also, these neighbors are killing these chickens and they're letting them run around in their backyards without a head, like they're doing some kind of sacrifice. But the chicken folks said this wasn't about sacrifice. This was about fresh eggs. So they made calls, went to meetings, talked to lawmakers and squelched the ordinance. Later, Boyd heard that a pro-chicken city council insider also played a role. This is Chicago, of course. But the chicken lobby had marked its territory. So in 2012, when an alderman pushed for new restrictions, the chicken cabal was ready with a compromise proposal. But it turned out they never needed it. Another big chicken issue ended up distracting the alderman.
1: Chicago Alderman Joe Marino is one
2: of the officials trying to block Chick-fil-A from opening new stores in his city. He represents Chicago's- So does that mean Chicago livestock keepers are safe? Or could the alderman strike again? I talked to the new alderman in Lona Lane's 18th Ward, where dirty chickens were allegedly running around with their heads cut off. Here's her successor, Derek Curtis.
3: Personally,
0: since I've been in office, we have not gotten any calls about problems with raising livestock at all.
2: Okay, so no plans in the near future to bring up some sort of chicken ban? A chicken
0: ordinance. Absolutely not for me.
2: So if you're a Chicagoan who's always wanted to fill your yard with livestock this might be a really good time. We bring all this information back to Jeannie. I tell her that as far as number limits go, you could have 100 pigs in your yard. And I ask what she thinks.
1: It's terrifying. <laughs> it's ter- it's yeah. But who would have 100 pigs in their backyard? Well,
2: no one. And the noise, slaughter, and sanitation codes would probably stop that anyway, which offers Jeannie some comfort. Plus, there are some perks to livestock-owning neighbors.
1: I get fresh eggs when the chickens are in an egg-laying mood, which is nice, which is very nice. So then I give her cookies or quiche or something that I make from there.
2: And P.S., the goats won't be bothering Jeannie anymore. They proved a little too rowdy for Sandy and her family, so she sent them back to the farm, far outside city limits.
0: Thanks to Monica Eng for that reporting. We first answered this question in 2017, and the rules haven't changed. In fact, we checked with Animal Care and Control, and they told us they're looking for, in their words, some good parents for a number of chickens and roosters who need a home. Curious City is supported by the Conan Family Foundation and is produced by me, Jason Mark, and Joe Disseau. Maggie Civet is our digital and engagement producer. Sophia Lowe is our intern. And Alexandra Salomon edits the show. And we can't do this thing without you. What questions do you have about Chicago and the Chicago region's history and culture? Send them our way at wbez.org slash Thanks for spending time with us, and we'll meet you back here next week.